You all know how the stories you tell through your listings are very important with connecting with your buyers. But today, our content writer guests will give other ideas on how to connect with your audience through writing outside of just your Amazon listing. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got not one, not two, but three guests today, part of the content team here at Helium 10. We've got Kai, Brian, and Chuck. Welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Hey, doing great. Thanks, Bradley. Thanks for having us on. Doing awesome. Stoked to be here. As good as one can be doing during quarantine. <laughs> indeed, indeed. We're all like uh, normally under normal circumstances. Uh, you know, maybe we would have been able to record this in the the podcast studio, but we're in four different locations right now, and in two different states and four different cities. But. What I'd like to do right now is kind of like what we always do on this episode is we you know, want to get to know you guys a little bit more. You guys are not active Amazon sellers you know, at this time, but you're still here in the Amazon ecosystem. And, and what I love showing is how we're all here in the same ecosystem, but our superhero origin stories is always different. I have never had two that are even remotely close to each other. So let's just get to know you guys a little bit more. Let's start with Kai, first of all. Kai, I know you were originally from, I thought, San Francisco. Is that where you are born and raised, or, or where were you from originally? Yeah, East Bay, San Francisco. Cool, cool. And growing up, what were you like, hey, this is what I want to be when I grow up? No, not at all, actually. I kind of just ended up here. No, no, that, that's no. I mean, I mean, like, what, what did you want to be when you, when oh, you were growing up in the East Bay in San Francisco, a San Francisco giant, or, or what was your, your like work goals for the future when you're like eight, nine, ten years old? I wanted to be an artist and a marine biologist. Oh, wow, that's pretty fancy, pretty noble for such a such a young age. Now, did you end up going to university for that at all? No, I ended up in university for history, which I guess is kind of in the realm of art, but yeah. All right. Well, you know what? That that just answers. I didn't know that myself, and that just answers some questions. On now, I uh, make sense some of those blogs where you make a lot of historical references. I'm like, where did Kai come up with this stuff? Okay, there we go. History major in the house. Excellent, excellent. Now you actually worked for a company that sold on Amazon, or or you actually dealt with Amazon a little bit yourself, didn't you? Uh, yeah. T talk a little bit about that. How, how did that happen, and when was that? Um, I think my first encounter with e-com was like before the days of Amazon Prime actually so I think back in like 2008 maybe um, one of my part-time jobs at college was just like helping this lady do like her own FBM business okay cool and then from there and then from there I kind of just fell into writing for like various small businesses and so my my most recent job before helium 10 was uh, like a what do you call it, consumer goods manufacturer here in Irvine. Um, and yeah, and at that job, I was helping do uh, Amazon account management. And that's how I first became uh, exposed to Helium 10. Okay, so you were doing Amazon account management for them and also writing at the same time, or you were just doing the Amazon thing at that company? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Both of those and more. <laughs> I love it. 
Love it. Let's switch really quick to Brian now. Brian, wh- where'd you grow up? I grew up right here in Southern California. I've never left. Excellent. Excellent. Now, uh, were you looking to be a marine biologist too at the age of nine, like uh, Kai, or maybe not so ambitious? No, I was I was not nearly as ambitious as Kai was. I, I think, I, or maybe I was, but in a different way. I wanted to be a a policeman, a very a classic, uh, and I wanted to be a Navy SEAL when I was very young because I thought that was uh, just the coolest job in the world. Uh, but then once I once I grew up a little more, I realized maybe I don't want to do something so dangerous, and, uh, <laughs> and I pivoted to writing. Okay, so so is is that what you ended up uh, uh, having as your major? Um, it is. It was kind of a, an unlikely path. Uh, like, like so many, I didn't really know um, exactly the, the direction uh, of my life at, uh, at, I don't know, at 18 years old. So um, I kind of just, just went with what I always knew I was good at, which was writing. I knew I sucked at math. So uh, engineering was out of the question. And uh, I, I chose communications. And then later, I, uh, I had always had an interest in in film and movies and stuff like that. So I ended up uh, majoring in screenwriting um, and got a little bit of cool experience learning, learning to write uh, movies. Interesting. Interesting. Now, what what kind of writing jobs did you have? Like, you know, did you ever, you know, write for a, 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 you know, consumer goods uh, company like Kai or, or was it for magazines or it was just in the film industry or what was going on there? It's kind of funny straight. uh, So straight out of college, I, I was doing the whole, you know, trying to, break into Hollywood and make a big thing. And uh, it's easier said than done. Um, I also found out I did not like commuting uh, to LA from Orange County, which if anyone has done that, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, So I figured if I'm going to stay down here, I got to pivot once again, if I'm going to stay within writing and uh, maybe get into marketing a little bit. So I ended up scoring a job. Um, My previous job before coming to Helium 10 was for a small SEO agency. So uh, I have a little bit of experience writing for consumer goods and services, stuff like that. Nice, nice. All right, let's go now to Chuck. Now, Chuck is, you know, you guys have never heard his voice perhaps here on the show, but he is no stranger to the Serious Sellers podcast because Chuck is the one who is our main editor for all the podcasts. So once I actually record these things, I kind of wash my hands and and send Chuck all the uh, all the different audio files, and Chuck's the one who edits all my ums out you know if uh, if i'm stuttering excessively or if i screw up and say something wrong he'll edit it make me sound real good so chuck we appreciate that and welcome actually now to the show that that you're kind of the producer on thanks yeah it's uh it's a um at this point it's a pleasure to be here we'll see uh on the other editing and if it, uh, it remains so <laughs> we'll see. All right. Now, yeah, if you just can't edit yourself, let me know. Maybe I'll, I'll go ahead and edit this episode for you. But but let, let, let's go back a, a few years for you. Now, for some reason, I have in my mind that you either lived or grew up in France, is it? No, I, um, I did live there part-time for 20 years. I, uh, I, was, okay. I was born in Colorado, grew up in Arizona, and moved to Western Canada to play junior hockey. Okay, so as a nine, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve-year-old, was that pretty much your your dream? Maybe become an NHL player? It it was really the only dream I had. It was uh, I used to dream about uh, the world freezing over and being able to skate everywhere. So yeah, that was that was the only thing on my mind. Now, what derailed those plans? Well, I actually ended up playing pro hockey for quite a while, so that worked out for me. Um, awesome. I, I didn't make a million dollars, but I, I played in Holland after playing Division One college hockey in uh, Colorado. And uh, after 
playing hockey, I moved back to Colorado, uh, became a ski instructor and, and spent a long time teaching skiing. Okay. Okay. Now, how did you end up, you know, having interest in writing? Well, I had, for the last number of years, I'd been helping uh, photographers build websites and writing uh, content for websites. And I've always uh, journaled and uh, living out here in, in Orange County, it, it was a, uh, I became aware of Helium 10 and one thing led to the next and I was, uh, I was in the, in the office writing, writing posts and, and kind of got into writing full time and it's been a ball. Excellent. Excellent. Let's go back to, to Kai now. Uh, I'd love to ask you, Kai, you know, because a lot of this is, is uh, uh, new information to me. I, I wasn't in the content department when you were hired, so I never got to uh, interview you personally to, to find out your, your kind of work back history. But I want to talk more about that company you were working for where you were helping them out with their Amazon, but also, you know, writing for them. So this was a company that obviously was selling products on Amazon and I'm assuming off Amazon as well. Now, what do you mean when you say, hey, you were a, like a content writer for them? Because, you know, obviously the, the majority of our listeners are, are probably Amazon or Shopify sellers. And I think for a lot of them, it might be a foreign concept of, of having either a writer on staff or perhaps even trying to write yourself for your product. Because, you know, you, mainly they, we think of, hey, I just got to have a, I got to write my listing and, and, and that's it. But w would you actually write blogs or articles uh, about the, the company's products that you work for? Um, no, not not in the capacity that I'm doing now at Helium 10. It was more um, on the copywriting side. So I did uh, like hundreds of SKUs. They they put a lot of stuff on Amazon. Basically, when I started with them, um, we uh, we established the Amazon department uh, at this company that had been around for I think they've been around for at least 20 years. I'm not sure, but either way, um, so I did a lot of copy for mainly for listings and optimization and such. And then occasionally, like website content. Okay. What about like, uh, did you, was there anybody on staff, or maybe it, you know, I don't know what kind of products it was, but that required like you know writing instruction manuals or or uh, what uh, what other kind of writing does a larger company like that you know have other than just writing the Amazon listings? Right. Um, we had someone who was the technical writer do that kind of like instruction manual, like the more technical. Uh, writing for uh, most of the products in the company and so I would just borrow from them but for the Amazon team I was the only one writing um, copy for them for the Amazon listings okay now when you joined the company had they already been selling on Amazon nope we started it from the ground up ground up all right so what what kind of things were working for you I mean for the listing optimization side, I mean, you were able to kind of build that up, you know, what did you say, 100 or 200 products that they were, that they had? Uh, but I was there for about a year and a half. And by the time I left, I think we were around like 600 SKUs. Oh, wow. So how are you able to write 600 listings and, and do the research, you know, for all of those? Was it just you or did you have a team of you guys? Because that's, that's a lot of SKUs right there. <laughs> right. Well, we had a small team. So the Amazon department was only about five people, but I was the only copywriter. So it was basically me writing listings for products like day in day out how do you keep from going crazy what, of, of doing just just that <laughs> you assume i haven't gone crazy yet <laughs> uh, i assume that you know what they say about assuming but i i think in this case it's not it's not that bad 
but um but yeah uh it, it really was just like eight hours a day writing and so in the beginning it was kind of us just trying to figure out how to you know get going and I didn't or we didn't discover helium 10 until probably a few months in so we were trying like a bunch of different free tools and just kind of going off of whatever research we could find like through google okay now th that's an interesting point because like for example you you before then didn't necessarily come from an amazon background and i, I would venture to say that 95 percent of the people listening who are either thinking about selling on amazon or have already sold on amazon they probably came from a place that wasn't Amazon. I, I'm actually the flip side. I, I I had originally was working just like in the logistics, you know, part in it, uh, of an Amazon company, and I, I was working a lot with Amazon, you know, before I came to to Helium Ten. But other people might not have that background. So, how was it different for you? Do you think you know coming from that kind of creative background and writing background, going right into listing optimization before using the tool? And then contrast that to like maybe after you found Helium 10, like what changed for you with, with your process on how you created those listings? Definitely like a lot of evolution of like having to tailor writing styles to different audiences and different purposes. Because I mean, before working in e-com, like, I mean, my education background was in history and humanities. So that's like a lot of very deep research on a lot of esoteric topics and going from, you know, writing these very verbose types of essays. But, but by the way, guys, as you can see, you can see the struggle I do when I try to edit Kai's blogs because Kai will be always coming up with these vocabulary words. I'm like, what in the heck is verbose and uh, esoteric? I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, I, I know what that means. Sure, sure, sure. Please continue, but but please try and dumb it down a little bit for for poor old Bradley here who who doesn't have your level of education. Right. Well, it's going from writing you know, like regularly 3,000 word um like essays to having to fit, you know, all of this information into a 500 word, you know, description. Like it, it takes a lot of skill. I, and I really, um, I really admire people that can like do this every day. Like Amazon sellers who are just like cr uh, crushing it. It's crazy. Did you work with the photography department at all? Like, like, did you guys coordinate on, 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 I mean, I'm assuming you didn't, you didn't, you know, take the photography yourself. You were just focused on the, the copy of the listing, but how did you coordinate with whoever was actually supplying the images for the, for the products? Uh, our team had an in-house photographer. So like the, the company overall had their own photographer, but then we had an Amazon photographer who just did uh, listing images for us. Okay, but how, how, did you collaborate with them at all, or did you guys completely work independently from each other? Oh, there's a lot of collaboration. I mean, so, we so talk about that a little bit, like, well, like, because this is interesting. Because you know, I think I think a lot of people start off as as, as kind of one one man shows, right? You know, hey, I'm going to make the listing, I'm going to do the keyword research, I'm going to do the photography, I'm 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 controlling everything. But but as companies scale, you you kind of have to 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 delegate and then have different departments doing different things when you have 600 SKUs like like this company. So when the roles are kind of like divided like that, but you still kind of have to keep on the same page. What was your process? Did you guys have like get together and just like outline the plan or, or what was that like? So it's very, I guess it's very different from the traditional, uh, the, the school of thought that we have here where it's like you do your product research right before choosing a product and then going all in on that. Uh, for us, it was different because we had all of these products, but it was trying to figure out what of them would, you know, be e-commerce friendly. Uh, since these, uh, this company was, um, what do you call it? like a big box, you know, kind of retailer. So 
most of their products were in store instead of online. Um, and so making that switch was probably like that was kind of the awkward part for us trying to start this up from scratch. Um, so it was kind of like, I guess like our team was kind of starting, you know, not at the one man show phase, but kind of later on where, like you said, you have a small team that um, with delegated uh, positions. And okay. for, for photography and me, like, yeah, there's definitely a lot of overlap because we were basically creating like the creative assets side of the listings. Um, so, I mean, we sat right next to each other. So we were, we would work on, you know, it, like if he had photos that needed text or whatever, I would help him write the copy for that. And uh, basically our director would take um, like a certain amount of items and just give it to us. Like here's 10 new items I picked from our warehouse, just figure out how to get it on Amazon. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Guys, uh, if you're listening to this, you know, and, and eventually, hopefully, you guys get to be that big. It's very, something very important to keep in mind because one of the first things I think that even a smaller company that they might do when they start scaling is uh, when they start trying to outsource. One of the first things they outsource might be like the images, but it's very important that if you outsource the images, you know, a lot of people do it to like let's say Philippines or Bangladesh or Pakistan due to the the very talented labor over there for graphics, but you can't completely just cut the cord and keep that department separate. You know, whoever is writing your listing, you know, really has to keep a close relationship. Maybe they can't sit next to each other like Kai did, uh, you know, with, with uh, the, the photography department over there, but it's something that you guys have to really make sure that you keep tied together because if you guys are going one direction on photography and in another direction on your listings, that is a recipe for a pretty messed up uh, actual listing uh, there for the buyer. So that's interesting. L let's switch back to Brian for a second. Now, Brian, you, you said you worked at a company that was, you know, helping, it was for SEO, right? You said? Yes, correct. Okay. So like what's, I, I think this is a, a part that a lot of Amazon sellers don't think about, but is, is potential, you know, like, like me, I'll tell you right now, all those 400 products that, that I help launch for the different companies. I never once thought about writing a blog you know, uh, about the product or doing a press release uh, about it. I mean, when I thought about copy, it was pretty much just like what Kai did at Kai's company is like, you know, we're talking about making a listing or, or something like that. But, but in your experience, I mean, you, you might not have been working for Amazon, you know, product companies, but how does the whole organic SEO aspect uh, of things, how could it help a company who's selling on Amazon? Um, well, with, with SEO specifically, it, it really teaches you to approach uh, writing, at least uh, in, a very, in a very unique way. Because be before, um, you know, my, my approach was always, you know, just write engaging content that, that people want to read. And that's, that's all fine and well. But um, if you're not also writing uh, engaging content that like the Google algorithm, for example, wants to read and, you know, therefore rank you for, um, the people you want to reach are never going to see it. So it really, it was really uh, a tightrope act, sort of, uh, sort of a learning to to balance balance my tone and and achieve uh, both sets of ears, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, so the, what were the kind of companies who would go to you guys as an agency and say, "Hey, we're we're trying to we're, we're trying to you know get some exposure on 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 something here in SEO." So. What was a typical profile of a company? Like, what were they trying to achieve? In other words, I would say, well, to answer the first part of that, uh, funny enough, primarily we uh, our clients were uh, like plastic surgeons and dentists. So, um, I, I quickly learned uh, 
more than any 23 year old should have known about uh, breast implants and root canals at, at the time. But, uh, but no, uh, we, we uh, our clients, I mean, it ranged from, from uh, like home and garden to, to a lot of doctors and plastic surgeons to plumbing and stuff like that. And ultimately what they were trying to do is, you know, a lot of these were, were a lot of smaller companies who, who didn't necessarily have the manpower to devote to, to writing, which is a very uh, time consuming art in it, in of a, in of itself and um and they want they want consistent content to be put out um every week if if, if possible um so we we would step in and help them not only put out consistent content that that their patients or customers want to read but but something that would help them rank for the keywords whether that be you know uh best dentist in los angeles or you know beverly hills plastic surgeon stuff like that just just keeping keeping their name at the top of the list I think that's great information because so many Amazon sellers out there who who are making products don't realize the power of Google and, and SEO. You know, uh, Brian was just talking about dentists in LA wanting to rank for best dentist in, in Southern California or things like that. Guess what, guys? You know, people are are not just searching on Amazon for 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 products. They're also searching on Google. You know, if somebody's searching collagen peptides on Amazon. You know, guess what? They're probably searching collagen peptides or best collagen peptides for protein or things like that on Google. So if you really want to diversify your, you know, your traffic and bring some outside traffic outside of social media, which is, I think, what the, the first thing people think about when they think about outside traffic going to Amazon, you guys should be considering how you your SEO game is off of Amazon and trying to capture that traffic off of Amazon and especially using, you know, possibly bringing them into a funnel, like using a Helium 10 tool portals, you know, to, to try and capture their email address or something before you send them to Amazon. But, but this is something that I, I would venture to say that at least 95% of sellers are not doing. I, I don't think they're writing blogs for, for their products. I don't think they're trying to worry about placement. Do you have any examples, Brian, of like, you know, doesn't have to be a dentist or, or something, but one of your, you know, like happy customers and what they said happened because of working with you guys and because of basically being able to optimize their SEO in Google, like, like how it helped them. Um, I'm trying to think to give you a, a specific example. Um, the one that came to mind first was, uh, the, the client was one of our, our larger clients. They were, a um, a landscaping, uh, a supplier and uh, and just landscaping company that was based uh, out of the Southwest, and they were really focused on expanding. Like they were they were getting to the point where they were pretty big, and they wanted to to start competing with like you know the Home Depots and stuff like that, which is no no easy feat. Um, but they they came to us asking for content to help to help branch out um, the the new areas that they were going into, whether that be um, wholesaling or you know consulting for contractors or stuff like that. So they would adjust their content strategy accordingly. Um, and basically, you know, the goal is to not, not just try to try to sell people on what you're already doing, but to kind of seed the field for, for where you're planning on going. And um, I think I, I probably left before I got to see uh, the true fruits of that labor, but uh, they were headed in the right direction. So I choose to believe that it worked. <laughs> so then what, what, what would have that look like then? So what, what was the end goal there? The, I mean. It depends how you how you define the end goal. I mean, really, there is there is no end when you're talking about content specifically. But um, I guess you could say, you know, the first goal was to to one make people aware um, mm -hmm. that you know the company was expanding and A, B, and C offering this, that, and the other. Um, 
how how to how to access the services and then um, basically just provide you know proving themselves as an authoritative source. I mean, obviously, you didn't work with any you know Amazon sellers who are trying to expand, but using the same philosophy. And again, understanding that that content isn't just a, a black and white game. Let's say an am, you know uh, somebody listening to our show right now, uh, an aspiring Amazon seller, they're they're selling a, a coffin shelf. Uh, I don't know where I came up with that one. Hmm. <laughs> uh, they're selling a coffin shelf, and they went to you at that SEO agency. What would be kind of like your strategy if they told you like, hey, our goal is is we're we're kind of crushing it here on on Amazon. You know, right now we're we're at the top of SEO on Amazon, you know, for, for keywords like coffin shelf and, and gothic decor and things like that. But we, we want to start tackling uh, and bringing in some some organic SEO traffic now to our Amazon listing through through content writing. So what, what would your strategy be to try and help them achieve that goal? I mean, broad stroke, the, the goal um, SEO wise would be to cast the widest net uh, possible. So if you're if you're venturing, you know, if you're ranking on Amazon and succeeding there, that's great. But you want to you want to always be uh, be thinking larger and wider. So I would say that uh, the the primary goal would be to it would be an exercise in empathy. Really, you're you're trying to get behind what what is it people are you know open it, literally think from before square one square zero. Like people open their laptop, they go to Google. What are they typing in? What are they asking? Are they asking? A coffin shelves is a little harder one to come up with uh, frequently asked questions about. But you know, for example, there. They're asking, you know, where can I get gothic looking coffin shelves or where, you know, where can ah, I find the scariest uh-huh. Halloween decoration? So you kind of have to build this, uh, this mental web connecting, uh, connecting common phrases, you know, maybe supplementary things that you wouldn't normally think you would use a coffin shelf for. And what are, you know, I don't know about, I think most people, when they, when they type into Google, they, they, they ask questions as if they're asking a person. You just type in the question and, you know, nine times out of 10, you find what you're looking for mm-hmm. in the first, you know, five results or whatever. So, yeah, that was a long-winded way of, of, of basically no, saying get, getting in the head of, uh, of that person behind the laptop. Now, now, obviously, if somebody's on Amazon trying to do that, you know, they use Helium 10, they, they run some reverse ASIN with Cerebro, maybe they do some research with Magnet and they can find the, the top keywords and they, they check out search volume. On Google, what were you guys using as far as kind of like, you know, tools to see what keywords, you know, you should have been targeting? How did you know that best dentist, you know, what was the main keyword that you should be targeting as opposed to, you know, best teeth whitening spot or something like that? Uh, that's a great question. L- uh, luckily, I had the luxury of having um, a dedicated SEO um, a teammate that was part of the company uh, who had access to Google Analytics, which was the the primary tool, at least that was my understanding, that he would use to to glean that information from. Like, what are the, you know, here's the the 50 keywords we're chasing eventually, and here's maybe the the five this month that we're really focusing on. So then my job as the uh, as the then content manager and content writer would be, okay, I have the I have the the pegs. How do I fit them into the hole? How do I create content that includes these keywords? So I wish I had a more detailed answer for you, but. Uh, I was, I, I had the pleasure of, of having someone help out on the SEO side. That's good. I mean, it, it, that just, that, that did answer the question because guys, guess what? It's the same thing off of Amazon as it is on Amazon. You're going to need either someone or uh, some, or a tool to be able to, you know, figure out what the right keywords are. It, it's not like the old days on Amazon where when there was no tools and you're just kind of like just guessing what, what people search for, don't, don't just guess. You, you need to have an expert or have a tool that could uh, let you know 
uh, what's going on now. Now, Chuck, uh, one thing I've always uh, admired about your 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 writing process is is your your research. You know, like I'll give you an assignment. You know, to to write about just something you might not have that much experience with. Let's say it's PPC or something like that, and then all of a sudden you come back with a with a blog post that even me, having been in the game for a long time. I learned a few things from it. So that that shows that, you know, you didn't just come off, you know, you didn't put your hand on the computer and learn by osmosis or anything. Look, osmosis, I'm using Kai, Kai level words. Anyways, but uh, Chuck, like talk about your process when you're first starting to write about something that maybe you do not have a complete grasp on that subject to start with. You know, I think it all just comes back to the reason why a lot of us writers become writers is we like to read. And I've always read a lot. Um, when I get a, uh, when I'm writing on a topic that I might not understand, I just, I, I circumnavigate that topic uh, on the web. I read everything I can about it. Um, I might be a few minutes into a post and I have an idea that uh, it's probably not the perfect um, piece of writing, but I still try to make my way through it because I learn a little bit of it, something from, from everything I read, but I just work my way around it, um, on the web, um, understand as much as I can. And then I triangulate, I, I know enough, um, of Helium 10's culture and, and where we're going as a company to take what I've learned and then try to find that point where I know that we're trying to get to and, and where e-commerce is headed. Uh, so that's, that's my process. I like it. I like it. Now anybody out there can follow that same process, you know, especially as we all know in the Amazon world, as, as we've always taught that, you know, the, the product that you might start selling on Amazon, you might not have even known it existed before you found it in black box or something like that, but you got to go and research and become an expert on it. If you want to sell it. And then of course, you know, to be able to, to write about it as well. So what, what about the, the same question to you, Chuck, let's say there's an Amazon seller out there. And again, this is not something that you've necessarily done, but it's, it's a very similar process with all the other writing you do. There's an Amazon seller out there who is, is interested in just trying to increase their kind of uh, SEO footprint out there for their product, because they've already started crushing on Amazon. And now they want to just like, you know, start bringing in this outside traffic. What would your process be on how they could uh, kind of get that SEO placement uh, for their product? Anything in addition to what uh, Brian had said earlier? Well, I think Brian was, was pretty much right on. It's, it's whether it's Amazon or Google, uh, with their autocomplete already, it's uh, when you're searching on the web, you get a pretty good idea of what what other people are are looking for, and uh, I play around with different ways of saying the same thing to see if I'm not if I don't have a, a bias that's handicapping me a little bit. But I think uh, playing around with word sequencing and seeing what both Google and Amazon think are great keyword phrases is uh, is a really good starting point. 
Excellent, excellent. Now, one thing that's interesting, and I think that people need to understand this, especially as they, you know, depending on what kind of person they are themselves or what kind of people they start hiring is that, you know, I, I don't know which one is which, but they, they talk about left left brain and right brain, you know, how one is very kind of like a artistic and, and conceptual and the other side is they're 100% analytical and all about metrics. And, and I've always tried to preach that you have to find a, a good balance between the two. Both are important, but there needs to be a balance. Like for example, there are some Amazon sellers who just get so focused on on numbers and 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 sellers metrics that they forget that they're actually you know trying to uh, write a listing or trying to sell a product to a buyer and they forget about the buyer. There are other people on the flip side who you know I'm not going to try and you know say hippies or something like that, but uh, to uh, I don't want to offend anybody out there, but are just kind of like happy go lucky and like hey as long as I have great vibes in my listing and my images, you know, the, the people are going to come buy my product, you know? So Chuck, how do you find the balance, whether it's on Amazon, whether it's a, in content writing for SEO placement, whatever we're talking about, how can one find a balance between that, that completely, you know, artistic side of things and that opposite side of the spectrum, that analytical side? I think that's a tricky question. I, you could probably answer that a bunch of different ways. Um, you know, there, uh, there's one school of thought that says uh, just write good content, and I guess that could uh, that could suffice for a, a listing, uh, bullet points, title, images. I think when you're talking about Amazon, the, there are so many very specific rules that, I mean, frankly, that's where Helium Ten comes in. Okay, cool, cool. Now, what what kind of blogs are your favorite so far to write? For Helium 10, you know, you, you've been given, you know, pieces to write about a specific tool that's launching. You know, you, you've had some SEO centric pieces, I guess, that we've given you. And, you know, sometimes it's more of a mindset blog. Like, do you, what's your favorite to do? Like, what's your assignment? You're like, oh, cool. This is going to be fun. It's an easy way out to say I enjoy a little bit of everything. I It's fun to learn about how the tools work, because the more I learn, the more I realize how powerful they really are. Um, it big thought pieces where we are given the range to really investigate new trends in e-commerce and selling on Amazon are great. But I think my very favorite are the some of the serious seller podcasts that I write about sellers that uh, are getting into selling on Amazon and it's changing their lives. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Who's your favorite episode of all the ones that you've edited? Your favorite guest, I should say. You know what? I have to say I like uh, the episode by Carlos Alvarez. Now, uh, Chuck, you know what we do uh, towards the end of these episodes where we give a 30-second a tip, but maybe since we've got three, let's see if maybe we can condense it down to like 15 seconds. So this could be you know, uh, advice on, on how to edit podcasts or, or how to write uh, your mindset about anything you, you possibly want, uh, Chuck. Uh, what's your 15-second tip for us? Okay. My 15-second tip is that in pretty much everywhere in life, including selling on Amazon, uh, the truth is oftentimes in the middle, that area that, uh, that we have a hard time understanding. And I hope you're not kind of promoting gray hat techniques here on Amazon. You're talking about the writing. No, no. I understand. I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, too. yeah. No. All right. Brian, what about you? You got you got a 15-second tip for us? I'll see if I can squeeze it into 15 seconds. I was I was just going to take something that 
I thought was really interesting that I learned about writing specifically and apply it to the broader entrepreneurial um, picture. Um, I, over the years, have learned that one of, one of the coolest and hardest things to do is learn to write poorly, because um, otherwise it just doesn't come out. Um, you, you get paralyzed. And I would, I would kind of apply that, that same lesson to, to, almost, to almost everything. Like, don't, don't be afraid to mess up. Um, get, just get it, everything out exercise it like a demon and once it's out there uh you not only learn from your mistakes but you you gain more confidence in the process and i think you end up becoming a better uh writer business owner whatever it may be because of it i like that i like that you know that can definitely be applied to writing amazon listings too you know you're like you're you might not knock it out of the park on your first try you might think you did but then don't forget to look at the numbers, you know, look at your metrics uh, for your Amazon listing. And if it's obvious that something just is not working because, you know, you thought that you hit the nail on the head with what your you, what your customers wanted, don't be afraid to to go back to the drawing board and take a uh, an honest look at your listing and try and examine what went wrong and, and just completely pivot uh, if, you, if you need to do. Uh, you got to set pride aside sometimes uh, with your Amazon listing if you want to succeed. So that, that's some great advice there, Brian. Kai, you got a tip for us? I guess since everyone gave life advice, I'll focus more on the Amazon listings themselves. But what I've learned about writing them is that I think we get uh, lost too much with like the whole ranking game and keywords and all that stuff. And we forget that we're at the end of the day writing towards humans. Like we want humans to buy our products and to connect with us. And so I think having a little bit of human touch in your writing helps establish that relationship and actually have them be interested in you and your product and your brand beyond just, you know, adding to shopping cart and forgetting you exist. That is, that is great guys. Remember, I mean, what, what Kai said, I've been preaching for so long. Like, don't just think, Hey, my main image here is, is this many pixels. So I'm going to be successful. Or, uh, I've used this one keyword phrase, uh, seven times in exact phrase form. So that means that I'm going to be successful. No, at the end of the day, it's not the Amazon algorithm that is going to buy your product. It's a human being. And so if you're, you know, blog piece, if your Amazon listing is not catered for your avatar, your customer avatar, then you've already failed before you've begun. So that, that's some great advice. Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We, we appreciate all your hard work. You know, we, we get to feature, you know, your work sometimes here every, every couple of months, we, we get that best of podcast episode where we talk about some of the best of the, the blogs that you guys, uh, have written. And, uh, so we, we appreciate it and we, we continue, we're going to continue to look forward to, to viewing your work. And if anybody out there has not seen our blogs, you want to catch up, go to helium10.com forward slash blog, helium10.com forward slash blog. Now, one final thing, if nobody has read our blogs yet, what I'd like each of you to do is maybe Tell us which one is what you think is your best work that you've done here or the most interesting blog so that that can be the first one that people read from from each of you. So let's start with with Kai. Like, what is the blog that you wrote that you're most uh, proud of that somebody can just, you know, type in the search column in our in our blog site and find it? Uh, I think my favorite would be I wrote it back in April and it was about the search results like that were trending on Amazon related to the COVID stuff since that's when kind of the quarantine started. Um, so it's yes. Just, and I remember you, you had the, uh, a very random, uh, historical reference in that one, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Right. Exactly. But it was fun. Something to, about cake. Yeah. Uh, Mary Antoinette and cake, which she never said that by the way. But. Okay. All right, guys. So, so that, that's the way you can find Kai's just uh, search cake 
in Healing Ten blog, and, and you'll see that exact blog. What about you, Brian? Which one do you want people to, to read of yours? Um, I was my my first uh, instinct was the uh, the how to create an original board game that sells. I thought that was such an interesting uh, ah, rabbit hole yes. to go down. Um, and I I have a love of of gaming and all things games, so it was it was an, an extra pleasure to write that. But in terms of uh, actual maybe more applicable to to Amazon selling. Um, there was one, I think it was in May, how to come back from a failed product. Um, just kind of go over, going over some ways to, uh, to approach failure and how to, how to bounce back. It was really cool to write. Each of those were, were great uh, ones. What about you, Chuck? You know, it's, it's tricky. I wrote one recently that uh, I have to admit it, it was written with the intent to, to rank, but at the same time, I think I, I found a kind of a sweet spot between interesting reading and hopefully something that uh, that Google will find, and it's on um, it's on selling selling wholesale. It's called "How to Jumpstart Your Approach to Selling Wholesale on Amazon." Okay, all right. So you guys can search uh, uh, "How to Sell Wholesale" uh, in the blog section to find to find that one. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your hard work as always. It's been a pleasure working with you and look forward to uh, many years to come uh, here on the Helium 10 team with you guys. Thanks, Bradley. Thank you, Bradley. Thanks for having us.